So we're going to um, just enter into a time of uh, message reflection. And even if something comes up about the conduit of grace practice as we're talking about um, the, the message reflection, please feel free to, to go ahead and chime in on that. So it's been a while since we've done this. We kind of had to tweak the, our schedule a little bit. So I'm just going to review real quick the last kind of three um, topics we addressed in, in sermons and in, in discussion. Right, so the, the first one was the idea of, of Sabbath and daily office that we talked about and emotionally healthy spirituality. And the big idea that I shared with the folks online was the practice of godly rhythms is key to developing an ongoing, life-giving, conversational relationship with Jesus. Right? Stopping regularly throughout our day, stopping regularly throughout the week is key to keeping our relationship with Jesus vital and, and life-giving and expressing our trust in him. Um, then Leanne did a great job uh, helping us get to know Moses a little bit, and her big idea was God works in us and through us when we position ourselves face-to-face with him in a posture of humility. And this, this idea of humility, it goes back to practicing Sabbath and daily office because we humble ourselves before God, trusting him that he can handle things while we take time to stop. And then as we jumped ahead to to Joshua, and we talked about the idea of baptism. And again, we're, we're confronted with this idea of, of trusting in Jesus and the humility that it takes to say, Jesus, I need you, right? I need you to part the waters of sin and death, right? And baptism is that, that symbol of that, and it's a reminder as we look back at it of, um, of Jesus's ability to meet that that significant, significant need in our life. And so kind of the theme emerges from the last three times that we were together in message kind of settings of humility and obedience. Our relationship with God, God is ever present, and our ability to engage with him is dependent upon the posture in which we approach him and how we respond to the things that he asks of us. Humility and obedience. Humility and obedience. So that was a real quick, um, just kind of down and dirty summary of the last chunk of time. Uh, we're going to open this up to a time of discussion now. So that, that camera hasn't been on all morning. It's going to get turned on now. So if you have a thought to share, the folks at home will be able to um, see you and, and hear from you. And folks online, um, Ben and I think Stacy are going to be monitoring the, the conversations. Stacy's shaking her head. I, I can't see the comments. Just oh, okay. All right. Okay. So whether you're on Facebook or church online, we'll try to incorporate your thoughts into, into the discussion as well. And the first thing that I would just put out there is, are there any just kind of general thoughts, reactions, questions that might have come up over the last couple of weeks that we didn't address in sermons or, or in conversation? Okay, we have some specific questions, but I just wanted to give everybody a chance to, if there was anything out there. And again, as we're going through, um, please feel free to, to chime in with something. So uh, in Stratford this morning, uh, Matt Roshansky is sharing some thoughts on the practice of the daily office and Sabbath. And uh, here's a quote from his notes. Spiritual rhythms are a practice that takes practice but they are immensely valuable for cultivating a relationship with God. So how have you found 
rhythms to be helpful in your walk with Jesus? How have you found them to be challenging? Scott? Can we get Scott the microphone? A number of years ago, I started reading my Bible every day. It was in a group, and we did it as a group together. And it was, uh, at first, it was really challenging to stick to that routine. There was always something that seemed more important than reading my Bible. Um, fortunately, over time, it became a critical part of my day. And it, it became something that I look forward to. And if I miss it, I feel like I've ditched or avoided a friend. And uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way today. But at first, it was a challenge. It was hard. It was hard to slow down. It was hard to take time to be with God. Um, but today, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. And I, lo I love that description of like it, you feel like you, you miss time with a, with a friend, right? That's the relationship that that God wants with us. That's why Jesus walked this earth and sacrificed himself for us, so we could walk with him as a, as a friend. Thanks, Scott. Any other thoughts on, on rhythms and how they benefit Ed? Thanks, Patrick. I was at work this weekend. Uh, somebody was quoting something. I'm going to mangle the quote, but basically is that it was like, war is won in the practice, that it's never won on the battlefield. It's won on practicing. And for me, I think that's this, I think of this, these disciplines and doing something like routine, which is like, I'm, I hate routine, but by doing something the same every day, it's like a practice the same way you'd practice like a, you know, hitting a baseball or something like that. And you just go through the things and then it becomes natural. So it's the practice and the routine makes it then incorporate into something natural. So the time you set aside like for reading or for prayer or for something and try to make it as routine and then eventually it just becomes part of you. So Right. Yeah, like Scott, so it might not start out as feeling like a, having coffee with a friend, but it, it, grows, it grows into that. Um, a while ago, I kind of latched on to the phrase that discipline leads to desire, right? If we, can, um, if we can, there's something we know, right, from Scripture and from people who are further down the road than us that's beneficial to our walk with Jesus, and we're not quite, okay, this is hard, this is not, like, whatever, and we can try to put it into practice, just like you guys are saying, that time with God becomes a joy rather than, you know, uh, something to check off a list. Amanda. So it's been interesting almost a year having Galaxy in our home. And, you know, one thing that I've had to do is actually the opposite is unlearn some rhythms. And part of that is, you know, how when I'm stressed, do I allow myself to talk about myself? because she's watching. How do I example for her when, you know, I'm, I'm triggered, when I'm stressed, when she's triggering me? And so part of that is, okay, like I can't just go into the, the verbal vomit. I can't just go into the, you know, the looping of anxiety and stress and fear. And I need, I'm the one that needs to take a deep breath. I'm the one that needs to take a step back and, and leave the situation and, and come back when I'm ready. And that shows her how to do the same. Yeah, so there are, there are godly rhythms and there are, there are rhythms that lead us in the, in the opposite direction. And some, sometimes 
we need a godly rhythm to replace one of those damaging rhythms, I guess for lack of a, lack of a better term. Because we can say, well, I won't do it, I won't do it. And then there's pause, that air, like what do, what do I do? But, so thank you, Amanda. Patrick? Um, so how are they challenging? So for me personally, with my job and like being so inconsistent with hours wise and like my schedules just being so inconsistent, it's hard for me to get in any kind of rhythm in general or routine. Yeah. So that's how that's challenging for me, like having such a flexible job and, and life, it's, it's hard for me to get in any routine. So um, any kind of spiritual rhythm, it's always been very get, difficult for me to get into as well. Anybody, anybody resonate that, resonate with that? Yeah, Britt, do you guys have any, any thoughts um, about how to work within, I mean, it sounds funny, work within the confines of something that's not regular, how to develop rhythm where there really isn't a rhythm? Ed? Go ahead. Can you wait? Can you just say that again? The, the concept of triggers. So while your schedule might be uneasy, there might be things that you do, and so you know, picking up the phone might be a trigger, or or so like walking into you, a car. So when I when I in a car, I'll do a flash prayer just as a so that whenever it is. So it's rather yeah. than looking at the clock being the trigger, just having other events in your life trigger. Yeah. Good. So again, any thoughts on this? that come up, I'm gonna move on to the next question, but feel free to, feel free to chime in. Um, humility and obedience are not really popular concepts in our day and age. What is your reaction to God wanting us to approach him in humility and obedience? And the second question, um, well, well, we'll just stick with that, that one for now. It's your response to humility and obedience. In the back, Patrick, could you get, oh, it's Paul. Yeah, something um, more recently, just seeing from scripture in the life of Christ, but particularly in Philippians 2, when Paul's talking about, um, you know, he's addressing the church there, and he's saying, do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, and he's, you know, consider others more important than yourselves, and then he gives Christ as the example but at the end of that, and he talks about, you know, he took on the form of man and came in obedience even to the point of death on a cross. And then he talks about, and because of that, God highly exalted him. And he talks about, you know, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father. And it's like, it ends in this kind of regal way. And I think as I'm like seeing the storyline of scripture, it's like where Adam failed in the garden, you know, to basically get rid of the snake and not listen to what he's tempting them with, which is basically do it your own way. You don't need God. You can become like God by basically disobeying, which is actually like absurd because they're already like God and they exercise that in their obedience. So it's like, that's the story of humanity. That's the story of what we were designed for and created for. And then how Christ like exemplifies that and we see that like this is how we actually 
live into the things that God put in us as his image bearers, as giving us dominion and told to subdue the earth. And we do that in obedience under the rule of God. And it's like seeing that and like in scripture, and then it's like, okay, how do I live that out? You know, like there's like this, like you talked about how the discipline leads to desire. It's like seeing those things. It's like, man, I want that. Like I see what I'm made for. And it's like um, the phrase that I was listening to a talk couple months ago, and the guy used this phrase where he says, you know, the king, or he, he posed two questions. He says, is the king for the kingdom, or is the kingdom for the king? And he, he used it in the context of, like, um, Arthur was looking out over Camelot, and that's what's posed to him. It's in one of the legends. And he, he says, actually, the king is for the kingdom. And we see that exemplified in Christ, where he actually lays down his life. And it's like, that's what we're called to. And it's like, that's how you actually live into your royal you know, priesthood that, you know, it talks about all over scripture that we're a kingdom of priests, you know, and um, it's like we actually mediate God's image and presence to, the, to creation. And it's like we do that through the humility and through the obedience. And it's actually that's the way that um, we like live into that reigning that we have with Christ, you know, and the, the inheritance we have. And, it, you know, it, and just to end it with the idea that like the meek shall inherit the earth. And it's like, I don't think it's like symbolic. It's like a real thing. You know, like this is what actually fits you to rule in a lot of ways because that's what kind of the life we were designed for looks like in living under the rule of God. It's like, it, it's got to be a humility and obedience that you see it all over. And just as an example of that, at the end of, or if you keep going in second, uh, Philippians 2, rather, in verse 16, it says, do all things without grumbling or arguing, and, um, you know, you will, uh, you're living in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, you know, but you'll shine among them like the stars in the sky, and I've just had experiences lately at work where, like, things come in, my, my immediate instinct is to just grumble and be like, I don't want to <sighs> do this, but then when I don't do that, and I just, <clears throat> by the Spirit, he just kind of turns my attention to, like, hey, like, what if you just did this willingly and serve, like, uh, in humility and did it, you know, for the Lord. And it's like, I can just testify to the fact that somehow <laughs> the presence of the Lord is just there in doing those things for, like, without grumbling. And it seems like such a silly, simple thing, you know, that it's like, okay, like, you could think of all the craziness of what's going on in the world and, you know, where people's heads and minds and hearts are at, but that it's like just the simplicity of, like, what if we, if we just didn't grumble and just did the things that were right in front of me? And the simplicity of that, that it's like, oh, just doing it in humility and in meekness and obedience. Um, and, in, and that's not to say it's easy, but that, like, I can just testify to, like, I've actually experienced the Lord's presence um, more in that than almost anything. Um, and it's just, it's like, it's hard, though. <laughs> yeah. Because my immediate is just <clears throat> literally just shaking my fist. And so it's like um, learning to just realize, like, don't grumble and just humble ourselves under the, the rule of God. Um, but there's, there's actually like a regal end to that where we experience God in his presence, you know? That's awesome. Thank you, Paul. I mean, there's so, so much in what you said, but the, that we rail against the idea of obedience, and yet the life to the full that we all want is found within, within that obedience, and that's the, the model that we, we have in Christ. And that's how we show the world who God is by bearing his image. Thanks, Paul, so much. That was great. Amanda? Um, I'll try to be brief, but the thing that I've been seeing 
constantly in my life is this, you have to be perfect to be loved. Mm. Where that theme is a conditioned theme that I need to be brave to have that humility and recognizing that that perfection is a false perfection because I can't be perfect, only Jesus can. And in that routine and in that rhythm of just, okay, like unto God, can it be excellent? Does it have to be perfect? Can I allow him to step in where I'm lacking? Thank you, Amanda. Really appreciate the, the depth from which you guys are, are sharing. Marcos? My sharing today is more of a, it's still kind of a question mark to me. I, I, I'm not saying I, I, I've uh, mastered it or, or, or even, but as you talk about humility and obedience, right? I sometimes have to wonder how do I still, um, how do I still portray the Christianity and that, that, that light that we're supposed to portray no matter where we are with sometimes I, I, sometimes I'm driving to, to gigs where I play and I do music. How do I, how do I perform? How do I become the focal point of a show and still express humility and, and obedience sometimes? How, how do I shine a light in the dark places that I have, that I find myself sometimes? Sometimes um, I'm driving to Hillside Cafe or something. Well, I'm not gonna mention it because people are places. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I'm driving places and I already know I don't even want to walk in through the front door. I want to walk in through the kitchen because, because I'm already praying in the car, Lord, please, let's, let this be a, a, a nice, calm night. But I, as a Christian, me, I'm talk, just talking about me. How do I, you know, I'm always questioning myself. How do you go and, and, and perform and be in that world and still be a shining light? And that's something that I, I, I'm asking God to help me with. Um, because it is a whole different world uh, out there when you're when you when you're going to different places, and um, the the things that are offered to you and the things that are happening are very different. It's almost like it's almost sometimes like you're in a movie sometimes, and the things that people say or do or offer after one o'clock in the morning is not what they would do during the day. And it's easy to be a shining light. It's easy to be a shining light on Sunday mornings here. It is very difficult to do it at shows, at gigs, yep. and, and you know, at places. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving anyone an answer. I'm just telling you those are the things I struggle with. Those are the things I deal with. Right. Those, are the prayers I, those are the prayers I have in my car for 45 minutes or an hour when I'm going someplace. Right. Um, and those, that's why I have to hang on sometimes for dear life everywhere I go because I know to be obedient to God and to have that humility I got to depend on him totally because if I try to do it on my own, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I just want to express that. Talk to I you. appreciate that. And I, I mean, for everybody here, for everybody at, at home, um, that's what this is about, right? We, we need to be able to come here and ask those questions, to share those questions, say, this is, this is what I'm working on. And I don't have a simple answer for you, Marcos, other than the fact that you're asking the question is a really good thing. If you weren't asking the question, that would be more concerning, more concerning to me. Ben, how are we doing online? Uh, we had a comment online um, from Joe Bouchard. Everybody say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. 
Um, He said, if we think about all that Jesus did for us on the cross or how awesome our creator God is, how can we not humble ourselves before him? And I just thought that was really just a great, just a great thought when we consider how, how great God is. And as we approach Easter during this time of, during this time of Lent, uh, especially it's, I mean, it should, that should be our mindset all year, all year round, but it's, it's kind of put in front of us more. Um, I'm going to move on to the, to the next question. Um, and we'll, we might have to cut this one a little bit short, but, um, what was your baptism experience like? What did God do to get you there? What, if anything, is keeping you from being baptized? Okay. So when I got baptized, I was, I just got, I was sober for a while, and um, I just, I knew I needed God in my life again, because I kind of like draw away, drew away from him. So um, I met up with Pastor Dave at Calvary Church, and I started getting, going back to Calvary, and, and that's when I, they had a baptism there, and I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to get baptized, and, and I shared about it, and this guy that used to come into the gas station was saying, we have a, a small group, and we've been praying for you, and I didn't know <laughs> this at all, but the, he, he goes, we've been praying for you, and he goes, that's all I got to say. So when I was getting baptized, we had to do a practice, and I got the shingles, and oh, I no. definitely think that was the devil trying to get me to not to get baptized because shingles comes from stress. You know what I mean? And um, but the day of the baptism, there was no pain, awesome, no pain whatsoever, and and I was able to get baptized, and it was like the best feeling in the world to get right. baptized. And then right after that, I got the pain back again. But yeah. I got that time to where, you know, Jesus was like, "No, you're going to get yeah. you're going to get baptized. This is what you need to do, yeah. not only for you, but to share your story with everybody out there." So. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I just recommend it to anybody who hasn't gotten baptized. It's just amazing experience. Awesome. And so in that moment, and now as a reminder of Jesus's goodness, you have that, that milestone in your life to, to go back to. Thanks, Virginia. Scott? So my baptism was back when we were at the YMCA. And I was thinking about it, um, but was kind of afraid to step forward. And a Christian sister, Robin Stanio, came to me while we were cleaning up the place. And she said, Scott, have you been baptized? And I said, no. She said, have you thought about it? I said, yes. She says, well, will you do it? At which point I realized now I have no way of getting out of this. Because <laughs> Robin was going to follow through no matter what. Um, but the lesson I've learned from that is that we as Christian brothers and sisters need to be um, invite others to be baptized. Ask them, invite them, walk alongside them, encourage them. I would not have done it by myself. Mm. Robin invited me to do yep. that, and I did that, and I'm so grateful for her stepping up and yep. stepping out and reaching to, out to me. That's awesome. This- you guys, the, the, our relationship with Jesus and then our relationships with each other, I mean, that's what this is all about. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're, you know, we're trying to facilitate that process by being in smaller units so that we can develop relationships of more depth and we can walk up to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? 
how's that baptism thing? Or whatever, you know, whatever, how's, how's the humility thing going? Whatever it might be, right? That those conversations wouldn't be reserved for, you know, an hour on Tuesday morning if that's when your group meets or, or whatever it is, but that our lives would be, you know, centered around those kind of relationships, encouraging and challenging and supportive. Kathy? Uh, I became a Christ follower my last year of high school, and then when I went away to college, um, I heard about baptism really for the first time. And for me, it was just kind of a grounding in the faith, like you talked last week about Joshua and they, the, the 12 tribes, each of the men took a stone to remember. And so for me, when I look back, that was a marker, mm. kind of a foundation, a thing to look back and say, I am a Christ follower now, and I marked my territory. I'm, I'm walking with Jesus from this point on. So it was kind of just a st stability, I would yeah. say, to my faith. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, um, it's an essential, right? It doesn't say, baptism doesn't save us, but it is an essential part of our growth in Christ, of our coming to a place of, of maturity. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for, for all your thoughts and comments. Every, 